Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. The Bible has a lot to say about what it means to have success. Listen as we learn about this life-changing word in this series called Secret to Success. So I have a question for you. And the question is this. Have you ever had a bad attitude? Raise your hand. Come on. Have you ever had a bad attitude? Some of you are sitting there, your hand's not up. So let me ask you this question. How many of you have known somebody that has had a bad attitude? It's not you, but it's you've had a bad attitude. Somebody else has had that bad attitude. Yeah. There. Today we're going to continue our sermon series, Secret to Success. Last week, uh, Pastor Chad talked about leadership secrets to success, and today I want to share with you guys, your attitude affects your success. Your attitude will affect your success. The single most significant decision you can make on a day-to-day basis is your choice of attitude. Your choice of your attitude. Every day we get to choose the way our attitude will be. When you get out of bed in the morning time, it's your choice of what your attitude's going to be. If you're going to be that grumpy person, that's your, that's your choice. If you're going to have anger, that's going to be your choice. You get to choose every day. In the next few minutes, I want to take some time and look at this thing we call attitude. But before we do that, I want us to make sure we understand what attitude, what that word attitude means. And I can pull up the dictionary, and we can define it that way, but I decided this week I wanted to do something a little bit different as I was preparing. So I walked around our church office, and I I jumped into everybody's office and interrupted them as much as I could do, and I asked them, I said, when you hear the word attitude, what does that mean to you? So these are some of the responses of our staff that I got. It's the way you live your life and you choose to make how you feel about it. It's the way you live your life and the choice you make and how you, how you feel about it. The other one I got is, it's how you approach your life. Are you positive or are you a negative person? Are you a glass half full person or an empty person? Then I decided to step in our children's director's office because she had her four-year-old daughter in in the office. And I love talking to her. Her name's Julia. And so I just, every time she's in the office, I just make sure I go in there and get her all wound up and leave. And, uh, (laughs) but I, I asked her, I said, Julia, what does it mean to you when I say the word attitude? And her eyes got real big. She got this look on her face. And she says, it means stinky. It's like, really? And then she went on to say, it means I have to go to time out. <laughs> so I'm laughing. I was like, Julia, it sounds like you've had a bad attitude before. She looked at me and she goes, I don't want to talk about it and walked out of the office. <laughs> a four-year-old gets the idea of what an attitude is. The Bible has many things to say about our attitudes. But the one verse that is very clear on what our attitude should be like is found in Philippians. While writing in prison in Rome, Paul wrote Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. 
Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? What does that mean that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus? Paul is telling us that no matter what unexpected disruptions, frustrations, or difficulties that come our way, we are to respond with a Christ-like attitude. Jesus maintained a perfect attitude in every situation because he prayed about everything and worried about nothing. We too should seek God's guidance about every aspect of our lives and allow him to work his perfect will without interference. See, Jesus' attitude was never to become defensive, discouraged, or depressed because his goal was to please the Father rather than to achieve his own agenda. In the midst of trials, he was patient. In the midst of suffering, he was hopeful. In the midst of blessing, he was humble. Even in the midst of ridicule and abuse, and made, he made no threats and did not retaliate. Instead, he entrusted himself to God. So many of us, including myself, forget that this is what our attitude is supposed to be like. I forget it as well. Instead, we end up having this negative attitudes. We end up carrying these attitudes like this. We carry an attitude of anger, attitude of hatred, attitude of pessimism, attitude of frustration, an attitude of doubt, attitude of resentment, an attitude of jealousy. Or this attitude here where I think the world, where it's affecting our world, is an attitude of entitlement. So many of us have this attitude of entitlement that we think that we deserve everything and we want it right now. Instead of trying to earn it. This week as I was preparing, I came across an article about airplane pilots. And I was reading this article, just kind of glancing through it at the time, and they were talking about, they use this thing called an attitude indicator. And I thought, well, there's a typo. It's not an attitude indicator they have on a plane. But as I read more, it's true. It's, they have this thing on there. It's called an attitude indicator. And this is an instrument used in the aircraft to inform the pilot of the orientation of the aircraft relative to the Earth's horizon. It indicates the pitch and the bank. Its primary instrument is for flight. Attitude to describe the their horizontal relationship with the runway when they land. If their attitude isn't aligned properly, the plane will make contact with the ground, then they'll end up crashing because they have the wrong angle. In essence, your attitude is your inward disposition towards other things, such as people or circumstances. As in with the airplane, Attitude is applied whenever you must deal with something other than yourself. See, your attitude will make or break you. Your attitude will heal or hurt you. Your attitude will make friends or enemies. Your attitude will create happiness or misery. Your attitude will give you success or failure. Attitude is more important than facts. 
It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think or say or do. It will make or break a company. An attitude will make or break your home. Your attitude can break your relationship with Jesus. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. Again, we have that, we have that choice every day to decide how our attitude is going to be. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. See, church, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% on how I react to it. The problem is our attitude has become negative. Change your negative attitudes to positive ones and you can change your world. Let me say that again. Change your negative attitudes to positive ones and you can change your world. This topic today applies to everyone here because we all have attitudes. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not so good. Other times they're just plain nasty. So today I want to give you three ways your attitude affects your success. Number one is your attitude reveals the real you. Your attitude reveals the real you. Your attitude is much deeper than just a few thoughts you might think or not think. Your attitude comes out of the core of your being. Your attitude represents your outlook, your very character. During this sermon series, we've been unpacking the book of Proverbs. And as I read the book of Proverbs, there's so many things in there that deal with our attitude. I encourage you as we continue to read that as a church, continue to look for those things where he talks about the attitude. The one that stood out to me is in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. A few months ago, I decided I needed to change the color of my office here at the church. And so as I wanted to paint, you know, I talk to my wife when it comes to those kind of things because she has the eye for what color things need to be. But she also has the gift of that it's just not going to be one color on the wall. We're going to have multiple colors of walls and different things. So it, instead of going on painting real quick and get something done, it takes a little bit longer. And so as we picked out these colors and I came and started painting my office that night, I got to a point that I was done. So I cleaned up my brushes, I cleaned out my pan, and was ready to go, put the lids on the can, and came in the next day hoping that I wasn't going to have to paint again. But you guys know every time you paint, it usually takes a second coat of paint or whatever. So as I went to go get that and look at the scene there, oh, hey, this wall needs a second coat of paint, I grabbed that color of paint, and I took that can, and I started to shake that can. Yeah, you know what happened. That lid was not on as tight as I thought it was. So what happened is that paint inside the can started to come out. It started to get on me. It started to get on the floor. It made a mess. This is just like our lives. 
If we are shaking, what is in our hearts will come out. And what comes out can make a mess. Whatever's in your heart, and when you get shaken, it's going to come out. So if you're dealing with these attitudes in your life, and you're just hiding in your heart, but next thing you know, you start to get, someone starts to shake you, it's coming out. And it can be a mess. Not a mess you want to clean up. Matthew chapter 15, verse 17 through 19. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out the body? But the things that come out of the mouth from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Your attitude always become action or reactions. Your attitudes always become actions or reactions. Much louder than the words you speak is your attitude that keeps telling people what you're really like. When I have a negative, nasty, critical attitude, that's the real me. And when you have one, that's the real you. Understand, we don't have an attitude just because we had a bad day. So many times I hear this, Pastor, I, I just get this bad, bad attitude today because I have a bad day. All a bad day can ever do is shake your life. The reason you are reacting with a bad attitude is because you have a bad attitude inside your heart. Whatever attitude you have in your heart will come out, and that will reveal the real you. The second thing is your attitude determines the success and failure of every relationship in your life. Your attitude will determine the success and failure of every relationship in your life. Let's look at some of these verses in Proverbs about our attitude. <clears throat> Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.4, gentle words are a tree of life, a deceitful tongue crushes a spirit. Proverbs 15.18, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Your attitude affects every relationship in your life. Your attitude will affect your marriage relationship, your relationship with your kids, your work relationships, your church relationships, your relationship with your friends. A bad attitude is eventually going to spill out into some negative actions and destructive words and deeds. Many times, the things that we criticize and get all stirred up about are not really the problem at all. The problem is our own bad attitude. I've seen, I've seen bad attitudes destroy marriages, families, work, church relationships, friends. And the reason a bad attitude destroys a marriage is because things like this happen. Sometimes as a guy, we get this attitude of thinking, I've worked all day, I come home, my house needs to be clean and there better be dinner on the table. We get this attitude in our marriage that she's the problem or he's the problem. I can't fix them. Why can't she be this way? Or why can't he be this way? See, we get this attitude in our marriage, but the thing that should be the center of our marriage is Jesus. And when we take Jesus out the center of our marriage, 
and we put an attitude in it, you're going to destroy your marriage. So if you're here and your, your marriage is not where it should be at, you got to ask yourself, is it me? What do I need to fix? Or the bad attitude of a family member. Now church, I got family, you guys got families. And we all have certain family members that know how to work us, right? They just know how to push the button. Push it, push it, push it, push it. And so our attitude becomes this. I can't deal with that family member anymore. They've hurt me with their words or I've hurt them with my words. So the best thing I can do is I'm just going to stop talking to them. So we forget about that family member. When we should have the attitude of Christ and say, look, they have faults too, but I'm going to love them because Jesus wouldn't stop talking to them. Jesus wouldn't walk away from them. So why are we walking away from them? Or the attitudes of work. I hate my job. I don't like my boss. Now let's just go on record here. I do like my boss. So don't, don't send him an email this week and say, Pastor Keith said he doesn't like you. It's not true. I, I like my boss. But we have the attitude of work. I hate my job. Or the attitude with our friends. They never have time for me. They don't call me. They hang out with others. They don't just, they don't get me. Or the attitude with our kids. This attitude of, yeah, I got, I got kids, but you know what? I still want to do the things I want to do in life. So instead of coming home from work and hanging out with my kids, I'm going to end up down at the Maumee River and I'm going to fish for walleye for the next seven weeks. I don't care. I don't care about what my kids are doing. My wife can handle that. Or I got the attitude of that, hey, these are the things I want to do. I'm not concerned about them. But we should have the attitude as parents of this, that they are a gift from God. And our role is to raise them to be godly young people. But we have the attitude like, I just, I don't have, I don't have time for my kids. Have you ever heard the phrase, where there's smoke, there's fire? Maybe you find smoke in your marriage, smoke at work, smoke in your family, smoke in your church, smoke with your neighbor. Consider this. Maybe you're the fire and your attitude's feeling the flame. Maybe you're the fire and your attitude's feeling the flame. About 11, 12 years ago, I worked... Before I was on staff here, I worked in this fab shop. And my, my job was that they would bring these blueprints to me, and I had to fabricate whatever was on that blueprint. Uh, so if it had to be welded or whatever, those, that was my job. And so I did that. And in the meantime, I thought that, hey, that's where God has me. This is where God's directed me. I was working on my bachelor's degree in the meantime. And I had an opportunity to go on a missions trip here with Calvary. I went on this mission trip. We went to India. And it was the last few days in India, God rocked my world. And he spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go into ministry. 
This is what I want you to do. So I came home and he was excited to share that with my, my wife and my kids and Pastor Chad. And I started walking through the process of finishing up my bachelor's degree, but then I was going to also concentrate on how to get my credentials. Because God was calling me to do this. I knew God was taking me in a different direction. And I start, something started to happen to me, though. I started to resent my job. In fact, I downright started to hate it. I hated getting up in the morning time. My alarm would go off, and I, and I hit snooze. My alarm would go off again, and I hit snooze. And I do it again. And finally, my wife's kicking me to get out of bed. You got to get up. You got to go. And the way I would drive, when I drive to work, I would pray, God, please let my car break down so I don't have to go to work today. <laughs> I hated going in. I hated the atmosphere. But this bad attitude I started to have created some things, created in my performance. See, I was the guy that always they can trust, say, hey, look, we have this big project you're going to do. You're going to be able to get down, done. We know you get it on time. The quality of your work is good. Well, my attitude changed that. I started missing deadlines. I started, the quality of my work wasn't so good. And I even, it even affected my coworkers. See, I'm the type of guy that loves to talk to people and get to know you. At lunchtime in the break rooms, we would sit around and laugh and have a good time. But what happened was, I didn't want to be with them no more. So I, I came in with this bad attitude. I'd be the last guy to punch the time clock, go to my toolbox. Guys would try to talk to me, and I'd just sit there. One guy approached me, and he says, hey, you're a young guy. Why do you act like a grumpy old man? It's like, hey, you don't know me. So my attitude was affecting this. So driving home one night, I was on 75, and I was sitting there. Stuck on 75, because that's what 75 is famous for. I 75, they get stuck in traffic and can't move because of all the construction. And I'm sitting there crying out to God. God, why? Why do you have me here? Why? I can't stand my job. See, this was affecting my family. I would come home. And my wife would ask, hey, how was your day, honey? I'm like, hey, you don't want to know about my day. And I'd start sharing with her. And I would start to get angry because I'm sharing about my day. And she's like, why are you getting angry? Settle down. I'm like, you just don't understand. It'd affect my kids because at a certain time at night, the clock inside of me says, okay, you need to start getting ready for bed. And my kids want to play and do things. They were little at the time. I didn't want to do that because I was starting to have this bad attitude because I had to go to the work. So as I'm on 75 and I'm crying out to God, God, why do you have me here? I can't take this anymore. You've called me to go somewhere else and do this. Why aren't the doors opening? And God answered and said, how can I trust you with more when you can't handle what I've given you already? Has God ever hit you with a brick before? Right there, he hit me with a brick. 
How can I give you more when you can't handle what you already have? I knew right there and then I had to change. I had to pray and say, okay, God, what's inside my heart? It's ugly. It's coming out. Take it and get rid of it. Church, our bad attitudes can hurt us from becoming successful in our work, our friendships, our marriages, and our families. Our attitudes determine success or failure of every relationship in our life. Our attitude is our secret to our success. The third thing, your attitude is your choice. Choose whether you will focus on positive thoughts or negative thoughts. There's always something you can find the positive in. Last week when we got this eight inches of snow, I had an attitude. I do not like winter. I always keep saying, one day when I retire, I'm going to end up in Florida. So when the snow falls here, it's just a different person. And when I look out that morning time, they were only calling for a few inches, and there was eight inches of snow out there. I had an attitude, but I had to find the positive in it. We have to find the positive in everything. I know there's going to be times in your life you're going through a season maybe. It's rough, but find the positive and celebrate the positive. We just have to look for it. We can't choose what will happen to you today. You can't choose what will happen to you today. It's beyond your control. But you can choose your own attitude. You can choose your own attitude. We each have the power to decide how we will respond to what happens to us. Last summer, I had this crazy idea that I was going to join a gym. I know what you're thinking. Pastor Keith, you go to the gym? Yes, I go to the gym. And I joined the gym, and I decided, hey, I'm going to get a trainer. So I got this trainer, paid for this trainer, and he was going to be my guy to help me to get in shape, to live my life a little bit better. While I would work out for this trainer, work with this trainer, I would have a bad attitude with it. Here is my attitude. I would drive to the gym, and this is what I would think. You're a good-looking guy. Why do you need to go to the gym? Just go to McDonald's. You're all right. I didn't want to get up and go to the gym. I didn't want to go and sweat. I didn't want to do it. But I also knew I made this commitment. I had to do it because I paid for this trainer because my wife would tell me if I didn't go, I knew you were going to waste that money. I knew you would waste that. So I had to make sure I didn't, ha- didn't want to hear that. So the one week my trainer decides that he's going to go on vacation. And they said, okay, hey, look, he's going to be on vacation. We're going we're to give you this other guy, this other trainer. And this is where my attitude started to change even more. I didn't want to work out with somebody new. I wanted my trainer. My trainer knew me. My trainer gets me. I don't want to work out with somebody else. So all week long, I had this new trainer, and the last day of my workout, I was watching the clock, and the clock 
you know, the time was up. And I said, okay, we're done. And I was like, hey, man, thanks so much for, you know, investing in me this week. You know, it was great to work out with you. And I know my trainer's back next week. And he looks at me and he says, we're not done yet. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're done. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do one more thing. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? He's like, I would like for you to get down and do 30 push-ups. Now, let me remind you that this this session I had with him, he was all arms and shoulders. So he worked me hard, like to the point that I felt like my arms were down, hanging and touching the ground, that I couldn't lift them up. I was worried that how was I going to drive home? Because I wasn't going to be able to steer the car. And I was done. So when he said, hey, I would like for you to get down and do 30 push-ups, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And he's like, oh, yes, it is. I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And by this time, the gym's getting full. People are in there. And so I was like, no, I mean, my arms are killing me. I can't. He's like, you're going to go down and do do 30 (laughs) push-ups. Excuse me. So we started going back and forth, and a few minutes later, (coughs) sorry, a few minutes later, he says, we're going to do these. It's like, all right, finally gave in. I got down to do my 30 push-ups. And when I got down, my arms started to shake so bad. They were shaking. And I went to go down, and I don't think I went down, I just fell. <clears throat> right on my right on my face. So he he looks at me, he's like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We, I still want you to do these 30 push-ups. He's like, so what I want you to do is get on your knees now and do push-ups. And I looked at him and said, You want me to do push-ups like a girl? Yeah. And he's like, Yes. And I'm like, no, this gym is full of people. I'm not doing this. He's like, yes. So I went down on my knees to go do these push-ups. Again, my arms are shaking so bad, I couldn't even do a push, I couldn't even do a girl style push-up. <laughs> He's like, all right, hold on. This is what we're gonna do. So he he runs across the gym and he grabs this big rubber band looking thing. And he says, I'm gonna put this around you. Now get down on the floor. And I'm like, I'm not wearing that. (laughs) He's like, yes, get down on the floor. So I got down on the floor, and my arms are shaking, and he's yelling at me from top, you can do this. I got you. Trust me. So I went down, and I think I just fell again. But he pulled me up. I went down, and he pulled me up. And I kept doing it. And I was able to do 30 push-ups. I left that gym with a bad attitude, like, man, everybody in that gym saw me doing those push-ups like that. They probably thought, this guy is so weak. What's wrong with him? I had an attitude. I remember even coming home and even telling my son about it. And you know, he's an 18-year-old football player. You know what he did? He just laughed. (laughs) Like, all right, thanks for the confidence. So I remember just sitting there thinking this through, like, okay, 
what, why did I have to do this? And the more and more I thought about it, God ended up hitting me in my gut. And I was reminded, God is kind of like that rubber band. I can fall on my face when I can't support myself and when my attitude fails me. And he can still pull me up and he'll never let me go. Whatever you're dealing with in your life, God is like that rubber band. And he's gonna just keep pulling you up and telling you, hey, I got you. I'm in control. Trust me. But so many times our attitude says, hey, look, I'm not gonna do that. And we try to do it on our own. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, while himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Peter tells us here that we will suffer a little, which I'm thankful that Peter's honest. But that's what's cool about God. He never lies or tells, tells us that life will be smooth sailing. We're going to suffer through physical problems. You might be suffering through mental issues or emotional dark times, but stand firm because true glory is still coming. True glory comes when we live by faith. Don't bail out on God when tough times come. Live by faith. Don't stop walking with God because you can't feel him anymore. Live by faith. Don't stop praying because it doesn't seem like he's hearing you. Live by faith. Living by faith will bring true glory now and later. But if we don't check our attitudes, they'll wreck us. There's a saying when I was growing up, it went like this, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) So you better check your attitudes before it wrecks you. Check your attitudes before it wrecks yourself. Again, your attitude will reveal the real you. It will determine the success of every relationship. Your attitude is always your choice. So today we talked about attitudes and what they do to us. So let's take the next few minutes and let's look how do we develop good attitudes. How do we develop a good attitude? The first thing is this, is we need to identify and repent of bad attitudes. Identify and repent of bad attitudes. Acts chapter 8 verse 22, repent of these wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. We need to search our hearts and ask God to help us to recognize the attitudes that we have. We need to constantly be asking God, God, what is inside of my heart? What is my attitude? Because again, if our life starts to shake, that attitude's gonna come out. And if we find that attitude and it's negative, it's not of God, we gotta ask God, hey God, will you forgive me of that? Now strengthen me, make me be a better person for you. Ask God to help us develop more of a positive attitude. Number two, submit your attitudes to God. Bring your attitudes into obedience to God's word. Apply discipline to your thought life. Submit your thoughts to God. A good attitude is a matter of faith, disregarding your feelings with determination to embrace embrace God's outlook 
and disposition. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sits itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Number three, equip and feed your attitudes. Dwell on the things that God's word tells you to. Those good things. Dwell on those good things. If you dwell on the negative, your attitude will reflect the same way. If you're going to reflect on all the negative things, you're going to have a a negative attitude. Let's focus on God. The good things of God. We need to feed our heart with God more. We do that by being in his word. By surrounding ourselves with godly people. If we put God in our life, when our life starts to shake, guess what's going to come out? God's going to come out. And if we're going to be the light of this world, we need, when our life is shaking, people need to see God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Attitude success begins with relationships with God. Your attitude success begins with a relationship with God. Church, our attitude is our secret to our success. And I believe in order to have success in life, we need to have that right attitude. Everything we do in our life rides on our attitude. And see, church, almost 12 years ago, I almost missed it. Because my attitude was taking over my life I wanted something so bad that God was calling me to do, but I wasn't willing to walk through the right ways to get there. And God has called each and every one of you. He created each and every one of you to be a light for him. He wants to use you in your marriage. He wants to use you in your workplace. He wants to use you. But if our attitudes get in the way, We miss what God has in store for us. And I don't want us to miss that. Because God doesn't want you to miss it either. He wants to use you. But an attitude can stop that. So today, let's do this. Where you're sitting at right now, just close your eyes. And the old children's pastor and me is going to come out here a little bit. But I want you to take your hand and place it on your heart. I want you to begin to ask God, God, what is the attitude that I have in my heart? What is the negative that I have there? God, what is the the nasty things that I'm carrying right now? And if my life is shaking, what is going to come out, God? God, let me be able to recognize this today. God, let me be able to cleanse it today. Father, I thank you for today.
Thank you for your word. And God, as we sit here today with our hands on our heart and we're searching our heart, God, reveal to us right now the attitude that we carry. God, let us see that attitude that might be ugly or nasty because God, we don't want that to come out. The enemy would love for us to be that grumpy, nasty person or carry around all these different other attitudes that are not of you. God, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to have an attitude of more like you. So Lord, we give you these attitudes today. Have your way in us. And this week, Lord, let us be a light for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.